0: We are Tim and Michelle Hill with Connect Over Coffee, and this is Midlife Realigned.
1: A series of conversations about navigating all the things midlife, helping you live a meaningful second half. We kicked off this podcast with a series on grief. Maybe we should have thought that through a little better or not a super appealing topic for most people.
0: We jumped in the deep end of the pool right <laughs> off the bat.
1: We did. But it's a really healthy conversation that we need to have.
0: And we have a few more episodes about grief to record, but we had a family emergency last week and all our plans went out the window. Yeah. Grief is a pretty heavy topic. So we thought while we were regrouping this week, we'd do something lighter and inspirational.
1: So we gave ourselves 30 minutes and then a little longer (laughs) (laughs) to find inspiring stories around the idea of it's never too late. So we're going to share six stories of men and women who changed course, tried something new or made an impact later in life. We also don't know what stories the other one of us is going to share with what they've brought to the conversation. So this should be fun.
0: We did independent research, and there is the chance that we picked the same people.
1: It would really be funny because there are a lot of these
0: stories. So, the odds are not good for that.
1: We'll find out.
0: You want to start? I will start. So, most of you have heard about the Kentucky Fried Chicken Colonel Sanders story and Ray Kroc with McDonald's, where they started off late in life. Uh, Ray Kroc was a milkshake machine salesman when he found the McDonald's brothers and turned their little hamburger joint into a huge corporation.
1: Huge. That would be the understatement of (laughs) the century.
0: (laughs) A Beal myth. I'm not sure. Behemoth, a monster, a kraken. I think it's behemoth. Um, And then also Colonel Sanders that he started when he retired. His retirement was not enough. He was working in a gas station in Corbin, Kentucky. He began frying up food for famished travelers who stopped in for gas. He didn't have a restaurant yet. And I, I learned this. They ate at his own dining table in the living quarters of the gas station. Wow. That was a new thing I found. And then he invented what came to be known as the home meal replacement. Just a meal altogether in a box. He called it Sunday dinner, seven days a week. So those are not my choices. I was just given an idea of some very well-known ones. So you're
1: cheating to bring in more people. No, I'm just setting the stage. <laughs> I'm just
0: setting the stage so people know exactly what we're talking about. Because okay. they, for one reason or another, were older And decided retirement wasn't for them or they needed more money or or just had an idea that they wanted to use. Rather than living fast and dying young, a surprising number of people are stepping into entrepreneurship in and around the period that most people retire. And a quote that I thought was funny because we had talked about this from Netflix CEO Reed Hastings He started Netflix DVD when he was 37 and then first started streaming when he was 47. He said, so it's not too bad after age 35, except the all-nighters are much definitely harder to recover from.
1: I can verify that data.
0: Yes, we talked about that earlier. It's just harder to to do the all-nighters. So my first one is Dave Bateman, a retired colonel from the U.S. Air Force. He started... Shocking, a coffee business. (laughs) Nah. I could not, I found this one, I could not pass it up. Dave and his wife Trudy moved to Hawaii in 2005 from Washington State and started their own coffee business. They love coffee. They wanted to do the best coffee. So they moved to Hawaii, where Kona is made or grown, and started the Heavenly Hawaiian Coffee Farm. And they are very successful. They have several varieties of coffee. They even have a Kona Peaberry, which is my favorite. I love Peaberry. <laughs>
1: Why do I get the sense that this is going to be featured in an upcoming box?
0: If it wasn't so expensive, it would. <laughs> One pound is $60.
1: Wow!
0: That's the cheapest.
1: Oh, my word. That's
0: not the Peaberry. So, but Kona is very rare and very good, too. And they have a subscription box service. So, I mean, they've really branched out. They're selling coffee gear as well. It is grown on the main island, the big island, as they call it. And they have a whole family atmosphere. They have people from Virginia, Minnesota, Ohio. The roaster is a local Hawaiian person, but they have people who have, have come from all over. So it's like a Ohana. He has made a very good family and they do the farm, the growing, the processing and the roasting and a coffee shop as well. So that sounds like a road trip. To me,
1: a road uh, trip
0: would be hard. Well, a road boat road trip.
1: <laughs> road, road plane. Flight,
0: road. <laughs> okay, a, a destination. A trip. <laughs> a trip. A trip. <laughs> they have free tours and free coffee tasting. So we at least get that. We gotta get there. But I just think, you know, there he is. He had 30 years in the in the Air Force, could have easily set back and retired on the, the Air Force pension, but he didn't want to do that. So he made a coffee farm. I'm very, I'm very hip to that.
1: Why do I think that my future revolves around a coffee farm someplace warm? <laughs> your eyes are all bright and your smile is huge.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you you might be on the right track.
1: Well, I have a story that is related to Hawaii too. However, Uh-oh. I'm going to hold that one till the end. So I will start with Catherine, and I don't know, I might say her name wrong because I couldn't figure out how to pronounce it. I'm going to say Justin, although it might be Houston, I'm not sure. Anyway, she was a psychiatric nurse at Michael Reese Hospital in Chicago. She gave up that career when she got married to a psychiatrist, but then she got divorced and needed to provide for her sons. So she began acting in community theater at age 42. As you can imagine, that pivot from nurse career to actress is difficult. So she supported her family by hanging wallpaper and painting houses. But at 53, she was hired as a street performer at Disney's MGM theme park, and it kind of kicked off from there. Three years later, she moved to Hollywood, took several guest roles in different television series. Are you trying to figure out who she is? Because you have this encyclopedic knowledge of actresses and actors.
0: The the mental Rolodex. There's a flashback word for you.
1: I can see it clicking. It's clicking. So at the age of 60... She became famous for her role as a personal secretary in the show West Wing.
0: Really? (laughs) She was iconic in that show. She was,
1: yes. She also won her first Emmy Award at the age of 66 for starring in Desperate Housewives. Wow. She had a successful career, won awards, appeared on gazillions of shows that everyone listening, I'm sure has watched. Died of lung cancer on June 2nd, 2012, after an 11 year battle with the disease. This is just an interesting side fact. Her death occurred 20 days after the on-screen death from cancer of her Desperate Housewives character, Karen McCluskey. Viewers in the UK saw her on-screen death the day after her real life passing.
0: Wow, what a coincidence. I know.
1: Okay, so here's a quote from her. She said, Some people in Hollywood think of me as a model for dramatic midlife transitions, suburban housewife to Emmy-winning actress, but I never plotted a master plan for following my dreams. No master plan, but she certainly did follow her dreams, and she's an inspiration that no matter what we think is possible— Anything is actually possible.
0: I love it. I love the fact that this whole episode is about second chances or later life chances. So many people in our culture, uh, once you retire, you become. we've talked about it, you become irrelevant. They put you out to pasture, so to speak, and, and they don't think you have any value. But a lot of what I've read about this was the fact that you are later in life, you are more successful because you do have a lot more wisdom and trial and error than maybe a 25-year-old. You know, nothing against 25-year-olds, but they may make mistakes that the same 50-year-old made when he was 25, but, you know, they've already done them.
1: I think what is so inspiring to me about this story is that at 42, the odds of a Hollywood career, I mean, at 22, the odds of a successful Hollywood career are pretty low. But at 42, it seems completely impossible. And that didn't stop You know, she went step by step acting where she could act and and made her way to Hollywood in the face of pretty insurmountable odds. I mean, can you imagine me telling my family, I'm going to become an Emmy winning Hollywood actress at the age of 50, whatever I am? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. But, you know, they'd look at me like I was crazy, you know? I just think that's really inspiring.
0: Yes, I do. You got to follow your dreams. No matter what your age is, I think you should follow your dreams. All right. Number two for me is Angie Haiga. All right. I was worried that you said yours because this one's Hawaii too. I was worried. Ah, that, oh, It's just all about the islands. Today. I guess for me, not the last one, but this one, she was 30 year career in banking and she became an entrepreneur. She decided to retire early in 2008 to care for her granddaughter during her oldest daughter's military deployment in Afghanistan. So she she was a banker, became a stay-at-home grandmother, and she found time to do what she always loved. And for her, that was designing and sewing. So while she was caring for her her granddaughter, a business idea came to her that after she was on a flight for seven hours, no blankets, and she caught a cold. Because airlines, a lot of airlines have stopped handing out blankets on flights. So she took her sewing idea and her need of a blanket. And in 2009, she launched her business called Sky Dreams. A travel blanket and matching comfort pillow. You know, those neck pillow type things. She combined those two together. After a few failed prototypes and countless yards of fabric. She came up with the idea because she saw her mother's blanket from 35 years ago. And she instantly knew that with a few design changes, it would be the perfect blanket for travel. So she put that together. She turned a pocket upside down, added a strap, and launched her company that had a, a blanket that would make into a bag that would fit the neck pillow all together. So she is really busted out and she now has travel accessories, shopping totes, purses, all types of travel accessories for flying and traveling in general.
1: I bet she had a hard 2020.
0: Uh, yes, true. But here, but but wait, there's more. March 22, Sky Dreams launched her giving back program where she started making and sewing masks for free, just shipping. That's all they had to do was you know pay for the shipping. So she took a lot of her uh, scrap fabric and other supplies and made masks for anybody who who asked for them, but mainly it was first responders is what she focused on. So she, as of December 29, 2020, she had over 3,000 free face masks were given out. I love that. That's amazing. Not only did she take a step away from banking to become a stay-at-home grandmother, which is a job in and of itself, True. while her daughter was deployed in Afghanistan, then she was able to you know, spend her time back to her passion of sewing, and then the idea of this company was born, which I think is fabulous too. So,
1: Yeah, I love that she was successful in one career and then now has a totally different career, but successful as an entrepreneur as well.
0: And the website... fantastic it's not just a boring looking blanket that with a pillow stuff into it it's very fashionable she wants to i think she called it sky fashion where you travel (laughs) in fashion in the sky i mean they're very eclectic and different designs so
1: well we'll have to check that one out we'll have to put the link to that in the show notes it's fun because that is a current story and we're going to step back in time a little bit for my next story okay this is a man named peter he was an accomplished british doctor Lecturer and inventor, he began medical school at age 14 graduated at 19. He had worked as a private tutor, invented a slide rule to calculate the roots and powers of numbers, consulted with hospitals, studies disease in prisons. He was a private physician and he helped start the University of London in 1937. Wow! In 1824, he read a paper to the Royal Society, of which he was a member, about this odd optical illusion, which is often considered the origin of the theory that was later commonly used to explain apparent motion in film and animation, so you could even argue that he invented the first movie camera. So, the idea is that he's smart, successful, and creative. Retired from professional life in 1840 at the age of 61, and here is what he is best known for. Lists. To cope with depression, he started pursuing one of the things he really enjoyed doing, making lists. He devoted his time to creating a catalog of words organized by their meanings. And the first printed edition of his project was published when he was 73 years old. It was called Roger's Thesaurus of English Words and Phrases. And Get now, out. now it is a best friend and indispensable tool of writers everywhere. But like you just said, that's not the end of the story. An article about him says this. Although obviously accomplished, Roger experienced overwhelming heartbreak in his life. His father died of tuberculosis when he was four. His mother suffered from paranoia, often accusing the servants of plotting against her. Both Roger's sister and daughter experienced mental breakdowns. His wife, 16 years his junior, died of cancer at age 38. His favorite uncle and surrogate father slit his own throat While Roger fought to take the knife from him. So, to cope with this litany of tragedy, Roger developed an abhorrence of dirt and disorder and an obsession with lists and counting. He showed the hallmarks of what we today call obsessive compulsive disorder, not to mention depression. No wonder. And so in his biography of Roger called The Man Who Made Lists, Joshua Kendall concludes that the thesaurus did much more for Roger than for its millions of users across the centuries. The ultimate book of lists became his salvation, and it enabled Roger to live a vibrant life in the face of overwhelming loss, anxiety, and despair. Twenty-eight editions of the thesaurus were published during Roger's lifetime. He died at the age of 90. So... Never discount your passion because it seems like no big deal. His passion for lists grew into something that supports writers, is indispensable to writers, even today. Plus, when you look at the idea of what he overcame to produce that, he used this thing that most people would call a problem, this obsessive compulsive disorder, and turned it into something that the whole world would benefit from. It's never too late to make a difference.
0: He is definitely a silver lining, make lemonade out of lemons kind of guy.
1: (laughs) I'm not sure he would have described himself that way, but I get the feeling that it was more, this is what I have to do to survive. This is the thing that keeps me from unraveling. You got to do what you
0: got to do. You know, improvise, adapt, overcome, however, whatever. Cliché. What's another word for cliché? Where could I find that? (laughs) But. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. All right. My turn this one you will like because it has to do with ice cream. (laughs) All
1: right. I do want to say, you notice your first one was about coffee and my second one was about words.
0: That's true. You love words. You're a writer. And you love coffee. I do. And we both love ice cream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's get there.
0: (laughs) All right. Wally Bloom, age 62. He had a successful 20 year career. As it said, uh, he had a Uh, economics degree. And so he was an economist, accountant type person. But the company that he was working for was involved in ice cream. And his boss had an idea to have a tomato flavored ice cream.
1: Oh, that doesn't sound like a good idea.
0: It didn't sound good to Wally either. So it turned his stomach, he actually said. So he took that idea and said, I I just can't, I can't work for this company. If they're going to make a tomato flavored ice cream, I can't work here. So he branched out on his own. And in 1995, in his mid fifties, he decided to go alone, mortgage his house, and he started his own ice cream company, Denali flavors, which you probably haven't heard of, but he created one flavor Moose Tracks. Oh, everybody who knows ice cream knows Moose Tracks. Everybody knows Moose Tracks. So that was his main flavor. Today, that dairy treat brings in 80 million a year.
1: Whoa. Alone
0: through licensing agreements and the ice cream itself. He has now over 40 flavors, expanded it out. He just recently bought another company. Called Denali Ingredients, where he will make ice cream for other companies and other flavors. If they have a flavor idea, he will put it together. And this company uh, Moose Tracks, based in Michigan, he bought the f- facilities for Denali Ingredients in New Berlin, Wisconsin. You know, not only has he got his own ice cream, he's helping other people make ice cream as well, or any flavors. Well,
1: I think Connective or Coffee needs not only its own private labeled coffee, but we need ice cream too.
0: Connect over coffee, ice cream. Yeah, I'm, I like this. Coffee, Write this cream. down. <laughs> Write this down. And he is still going strong at the age of 75. So he is still rolling. He's also featured in a book, which I looked at briefly on Amazon in our 30 minute time called, Is This Seat Taken? It's Never Too Late to Find the Right Seat by Kristen Kaufman. And she interviews while he's in this book people exactly what we're talking about who started later in life and made an impact to others so
1: i love it that seems like a book that should be on our shelf that is true well mine is sort of the exact opposite of a story filled with ice cream my last one and it does take place in hawaii so gladys Burl had been a multi-engine aircraft pilot a mountain climber, a desert hiker, and a horseback rider, but she is best known for something she did at the age of 92. She was inspired when she saw early morning fireworks kicking off the Honolulu Marathon and said, I want to do that. So the next year, at the age of 86, she ran her very first marathon.
0: Wow. 86. That's that's incredible, right? No matter what.
1: Right. I know she completed five out of the seven Honolulu marathons that she started. She had to drop out for two years. Once in two thousand and eight, just after the death of her husband. (laughs) No, my (laughs) gosh, oh my word, that she would have been ninety years old. No, no babies. (laughs) It was just days after the death of her husband of sixty-nine years, and then another year, a stomach sickness stopped her midway through. Her nickname was the Gladiator. And I bet you can understand why. I mean, this woman is amazing.
0: She is. She
1: became most famous after completing the Honolulu Marathon at the age of 92. She power walked and jogged her way through it, reaching the finish line nine hours and 53 minutes after starting. For that finish, she was recognized by the Guinness World Record Book and the Hawaii House of Representatives for her accomplishment. She became the oldest female to ever finish a certified marathon. In 2011, she was inducted into the Honolulu Marathon Hall of Fame. And I'm going to read I'm going to read a quote about her that I had to kind of set up because I'm not sure where to start it. But she was a Seventh-day Adventist and, quote, part of what drove her was that she felt God had a purpose for her in the islands where she constantly made new friends, her son Mike Burrell said. He recalled going on walks with her in Hawaii and turning around to see her holding hands with a police officer or stepping into a store to start a conversation with an employee. In 2011, Burl told the Associated Press that her positive attitude gave her strength to start running marathons. It is so important to think positive. It's easy to get discouraged and be negative, she said. It makes such a difference in how you feel and your outlook on everything. She died a few weeks before her 100th birthday. So if you think that you are too old to achieve difficult things or simply to get in shape, you are 100% wrong.
0: That's amazing. What I like about that one is it's not about a business to make an impact. She obviously made a huge impact on a lot of people by running the marathon. Her own life probably got her in better shape to, to live longer. But having that positive attitude and talking to people, she was inspiring to other people, I'm sure, to run a marathon or just get in shape. That's what I, I really like that story because it's not about money. It's not about business. We can make an impact in so many different ways.
1: And just the idea of seeing someone at 86 who decides, I'm going to do this physically strenuous thing that 20-year-olds do is amazing, like so inspiring. Not only that she actually, I mean, that she actually did it is inspiring too, but that she had the chutzpah to say, I can do this. No one's going to stop me. Why should I not do this? just because I'm older and the idea that I could get in that kind of condition that I, my, I, I could actually run a marathon. I'm half her age. Why couldn't I do it? You know, like it's so inspiring.
0: I agree. I agree. I like that one. That's a good one to end on.
1: Well, that has been six. This has been a fun conversation. I think maybe we should do it every so often and call them. It's never too late. Success Edition or Skills Edition or Pivot Edition, that
0: kind of thing. I'm going to veto the Pivot Edition (laughs) name.
1: But some of these are good pivots.
0: That's true. We need to find (laughs) another word for pivot.
1: I bet we could find that in a
0: thesaurus. (laughs) We hope you leave this conversation thinking there are some interesting people in the world, but also that you understand that if there's something you want to do, something you want to start or start over, never too late. It is never too late.
1: That's right. Absolutely. It is never too late to go out there and do something new, something great, something meaningful. So today's question for you to think about is what is that something for you, that new thing or great thing or meaningful thing or something that you've been thinking that you are too old to do now or too late to start? And what is one teeny tiny small step that you can take in that direction today?
0: Today's episode is brought to you by the Morning Moments Matters box, which is a super simple way to take the time you use to brew your morning coffee and turn it into a ritual that will start your day in a positive frame of mind.
1: Great coffee and a ritual that engages your body, mind and heart. And you can check that out at connectovercoffee.link backslash MMM. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation today. If this episode was inspiring to you, think of someone right now who might also benefit from these stories and share the show
0: with them. Until next time, stay caffeinated, y'all.